Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Told You So Dan, and with me as always was, is, is, not was, is, Told You So Even More Sarah. Um, and we're called that because we did warn you that the Giro guidebook is not always to be trusted. How are you, yeah. Sarah? <laughs> I was talking about this on Twitter, and Katerine Marsal, who was the first ever junior road world champion and then the first rider to become junior and elite world champion and a former Giro rider, wrote, tweeted back saying, never trust the road book. It was the same even in my day. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it yeah. is, it's just this amazing thing. I mean, we'll get to the, the biggest um, road book surprise so far, um, in a, in a little bit, but like it is interesting to me how already the race has has delivered so much of what we were talking about last week in terms of unexpected uh, terrain and geography, and also some surprise racing. Surprise racing, but also I don't think where we are with the GC right now is a surprise. No, no, I'd agree with that. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone, and if anything, it'll be a surprise if it changes. But this is the Giro, and as we'll talk, say, there have been some really interesting stages, and mm. we've still got um, currently right now stage six is going on right now as we speak. So if I get a little bit distracted, basically what I'm doing is clicking over to Twitter, checking Twitter, and going, "Oh my god!" So yes, that's, <laughs> I'll tell you, dear listener, what's happening, even though you're listening to us after the fact. It'll all make sense, I'm sure. I promise. Um, Giro Rosa, yep. If you so, are new to us, hello. Um, it is the biggest, biggest women's stage race of the year. The only women's race over a week. The women's equivalent of the Grand Tour. Italy climbing. Not as many mountains as usual um, in that we don't have a purely mountainous stage, but still tough as hell. And almost every day, there's only been one day so far when we didn't have GC shake-up, GC craziness. mm, mm. And look, it's it's been, as you say, like just some incredibly impressive and, and some really, really fascinating racing, uh, which leads us to the second thing, which if you're new to us, um, every podcast we've ever recorded has been just under an hour. Um, if, you've, <laughs> if you've been listening for a while, Sarah promised we'd cover, where it's a 10-stage race, we're basically halfway through with five stages done, the sixth stage ongoing. And Sarah promised that we'd get this done in an hour, and so that leaves us 12 minutes a stage. Uh, we've been talking to you for about a minute and a half. Um, <laughs> we'd better get cracking, is what I'm saying. Yes. So, we started out with an ITT. It wasn't a particularly uh, long ITT. TTT. Team TTT, team yes. time trial. We started out with a team time trial. It wasn't a particularly long one. It was on a gorgeous course, though. Yes. Yes. And it included a causeway that went over the sea and... Oh, oh! I, I read the, I look at the Giro videos, and every year I just want to go to Italy and jump into the ocean, jump into the sea because it is stunning. Oh, it's gorgeous, gorgeous countryside, and you know, I mean, just it is the Women's Grand Tour. It takes you to these wonderful locations. Uh, is an incredible tourist brochure for the country. Absolutely, um, yeah. It, so it was a. Uh, um, uh, team time trial which was a little different to recent years where usually they've opened with a prologue on the friday night rather than a team yeah time I'm, trial. I'm not i'm not a key i'm not keen on it starts i'm not keen on a G, on a team time trial being in a 10 stage race i mean to be honest i'm not um because it just shifts the gc so much and we predicted that balls dolmans would win they're the current world champions and we predicted that for two reasons one was because they're the current world champions two because some of the mainstays of other TT, other teams ttt squads weren't there so ellen van dyke for um sunweb is not in the giro mm. and lisa Brenauer of canyon shram is not in the giro so we we kind of thought that sunweb uh, balls dolmans would win and they did literally the only thing that could have stopped them winning i think was some massive crash and they won by loads as well didn't they yeah so they they took a commanding 16 second lead over team sunweb who came in at second um orica scott were a further six seconds back at 22 wiggle high five just missed out on the podium at 24 and canyon sram in at fifth at 36 seconds back so you know it's a, a reasonably tight well wm3 are worth mentioning as well one one second further back in six at 37 um so it's the teams that you'd expect to be at the top, but um, as you can see, the splits from second to sixth, uh, balls, no. balls took a bigger... 
Though you see, I disagree. I would have thought the podium would be the same would be the same as World's Podium with Orica Scott, um, uh, and Savello and Bowles Dolmans. And I was completely surprised by by Sunweb being up there because, as I say, uh, where's there's no Ellen Van Dyke, and Ellen Van Dyke is the queen of. She was a mainstay. She's got so many TTT medals from her olden days yep. as specialised Lululemon, Velocio, SRAM, etc. So I was surprised by that. I was very surprised by Cervello Bigler being so far down the list because, like I say, they're the bronze medalists and they do take TTTing seriously. Yep. Now, they said they suffered from a puncture. Hmm. I'm dubious about this, but I think um, maybe one of the problems is that Ashley Moore and Passio was sick and actually pulled out after stage two. Yeah. Um, and again, Canyon Shram, Canyon Shram on paper should be one of the top TTT squads, right? They don't have Lisa Bernauer. Alina Amilusic is um, currently out with a broken collarbone. And I wasn't sure. I wasn't. At, the other thing that you have to think about is you're not, I'm not convinced about how hard some of the teams were going to go. Yeah. Because if what you're after is stage wins and you don't really think you've got that much of a GC chance, you don't have to give the TTT full gas. Yeah. True. True. You know, when you. But I what. When you're just sifting yeah. through to, to basically get your jersey wearers and, and for the, the big GC teams to, to sort of get their, their footings, that does make a lot of sense that you'd save uh, a lot of energy for your opportunities and also take the opportunity to even accrue a bit of time so that if you do decide go, to go for a breakaway a little later in the, the race, um, you've, you've got enough time on your side to be able to get away. Yeah, I did think that was the case with Canyon Shram, who don't have an obvious GC leader, although we'll come on to that later. But I don't know about Savello because at that point, Ashley Milman Passio mm. was one of the GC contenders yeah. for sure. I think so, your theory about her not feeling well is probably likely to have been the case. Yeah, the other team I'm really impressed by and who really surprised me are uh, Wiggle High Five. Wiggle High Five have never gone after a TT, have the TTT. They've 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 looked around and gone, it's not our thing, mm. uh, which I think is fair enough because there yeah. are so many. You know, there, there's three or four completely dominant teams, and for someone like Wiggle to get up there in the worlds, would they need to put in? They'd need to have extra camps. They'd need to have extra stuff. There's there's the other things you can do with that money, right? Exactly, and and also. Um, all of that said, Wiggle are also a team that, you know, arguably haven't needed to focus on it that much because they've got such great strengths in other disciplines. They've got some very strong classics riders. They've got some very strong sprinters. You know, they've had enough strengths to, to play to that they haven't necessarily needed to focus on the TTT that much previously. Yeah, so I thought that was impressive. So, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't madly happy about the TTT starting the race. Mm. And I wasn't madly happy. Oh, well, Bowls have done one boring. What I loved was they finished with Caroline Canwell crossing the line first, which meant she would wear the first Maliodosa. Yeah. And this is obviously an honour. Last year it was one worn by Canadian Leah which won by Canadian Leah Kirkman. But she was also wearing the Maliarosa on the hundred and fiftieth Canada Day. Yeah, yeah. And it was a it's a really nice touch, and it was very cool that like the team talked about it beforehand, and so you know they did they agreed that that would be a nice way for them to cross the line with with Caroline uh, leading the team across, um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a cool thing, and it it is a really nice thing. Like it, it's a very proud moment for any rider to to wear the Maglia Rosa, um, you know, and then to wear it on their national day and on the 150th edition. You know, it's just, it's layer on layer of niceness. It's, you know... And it's also nice to reward a, it's nice to reward a, domis, a super domestique because Caroline is yeah. an amazing, absolutely worth her weight in gold mountain domestique yep. who will be working her socks off for the team throughout the whole race, but she's not going to be going for opportunities for herself. Yes, exactly. And so to give your rider this first reward i guess yeah is it's a nice it's a nice thing to do because they do have the choice they're you know they're i mean it's bowls dolmans isn't it we're gonna win anyway so who's gonna win for us like <laughs> yeah so yeah I, anyway. but you're right it is it's a very nice way to you know to acknowledge and reward someone who does so much um thankless work you know so yeah yeah so very, so very they cool. start with all seven because we have an extra rider in the in the Giro. All seven riders um, in the top of the leading the GC. Yep. And we move on to 
a stage that looks quite classic-y. It does indeed. Um, and, you know, it was an interesting stage, mostly because it kind of played out fairly classic-y too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was, a, there, was early, there was early attacks, weren't there? Claudia Costa and Nicole Hansman had a long break. Basically, they had a long way to ride before the climb hit in at 30k to go with a climb and then a steep descent and then a couple of kilometres into the finish. Yep. And when they, Costa and Hansman were caught right before the climb, the climb hits it, they, 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 off they go. Annemiek van Vleuten attacks towards the top. Only Ander van der Breger and Elisa Longo-Borghini can follow. And I mean, holy moly, that's a that's a hell of a trio to to get a bit of a break. Um, and it is like it's just such a classic day of racing for those three to be the ones that jump at the right time and, and get away together, and then sort of have to battle each other mentally and physically. Yeah, yeah. And um, basically, she admits this herself in her race reports. Anna van der Blegger at this point is doing no work at all. Mm. She spends the whole of the stage sitting on. Uh, well, Van, well, Van Vleuten and uh, Elisa Longo Borghini um, take the, you know, take take share terms to get to get away. And I think this is bullshit, to be honest. I know that this is what cycling is, and blah blah blah. And oh, my my teammate is in the Malia Rosa, so I can't do any work. It's bullshit. It's bullshit because we know that Bowles gave Caroline Canwell the Malia Rosa as a reward for being a domestique. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We know that she is not Bowles. Bowles have got two former winners in this race, in Megan Guarnier and and Anna van der Breger. I, you know, there's 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 it would, things would have to go very weird before Caroline Canwell was their first choice, and that's not to diss Caroline. She's amazing, but you know, the Olympic champion and last year's Giro winner. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and I just I think it's bullshit. I thought it was bullshit in the Ronde van Vlaanderen where Anna van der Breger didn't work and so the group got caught. Yep. And I think it's bullshit in this. And I know that last week we talked about how sometimes Elisa Longo-Borghini can um, be her own worst enemy and that she works when she shouldn't. Mm. However, that's infinitely preferable to... Not oh, working not when you work. possibly should, yes. Yeah. yeah, and so they, they make it away, they make it away, um, they, they, get some, they get some time, they get gaps, and they do make it right to the finish. And I assumed that what was going to happen was Van der Breger would just out sprint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, given that she'd, you know, given herself such a restful, you know, cruise into to the finish. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, well, for me anyway, I, I, my, my, my preference in this, in this scenario would have been to see Anamika or Elisa win the stage anyway so to to see Anamika open up the sprint and um and hold on uh to win the stage was kind of cool yeah so we instantly have a GC gap because those three riders together had got a gap of one minute and 54 seconds mm, mm. Um, and that must be partly because they will have had teammates behind Helping the chase. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, just going back onto the the moment when um, um, uh, Anamik sort of um, oh, hang on, yeah, when when the split happened over the mountain, the, so the quote on Cycling News on the stage report uh, from Anna van der Breger, I, 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 it just amused me because you know it's it's yet another acknowledgement of our our catch cry last week, unless it's the exact opposite. Um, she said, "We expected the climb to be hard. On the race profile, it doesn't look that hard, but it's my ninth Giro. I know by now to check the course another way." <laughs> <laughs> So true um yeah. it's been really funny like seeing mariana voss talk about things on twitter as well because obviously she's not racing and mm -hmm. it's like it's just it's just yeah i mean it's bonkers you you can't we said this last week basically a dutch race when it's deciding what units to put down its axis it down mm. it down down the axis of its profile they'll tend to go in centimeters right yep Italian racers will probably go, oh, 50 meter increments. Does that sound okay? <laughs> it's like, I actually looked at um, someone, someone tweeted a picture of the, um, the guidebook um, profile compared to like the Strava file of it. Yeah. Um, now, to be fair, they were in completely different units of measurement, but the point is that the, um, the official guidebook was using increments of a hundred meters, um, which, which, made some climbs look really really 
minor, you know, compared to what they actually were. And it's it's because th- there's two basic types of climbs that you can have. Well, three, I guess. So there's the like really steep and short, like the punchy climb, or the kind of moderately steep but long, or the really steep and long, you know, or, or death climb as they're known professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it can be really misleading if you're not paying attention to the book or if you're, you know, not sure. And, and so it is, it's a really, really, a very well-known thing. Like you always, always, if you have questions, write it, drive it, check it, go look at it for real, measure it yourself with a fucking spirit level if you have to. But, like, just don't trust the book is is, is a real rule. So. It's like, I'm, I mean, it's a bit difficult because VeloFocus, Sean Robinson, who's one half of VeloFocus photos, yep. used to make his own profiles and all the riders used mm. them. And basically, riders are using everything. And, and we'll get onto the ITT later on because this is, that's the kind of classic moment. But yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. So that's stage two. So, well, stage just, two, just what's the quickly, GC look like after stage say, two? Exactly. So as you say, um, our first three on the stage had a minute 54 over the, the chasers. Uh, which leaves the GC with Anna van der Brigger, um in lead, Annemiek van Flurten in second, 18 seconds back, and a further eight seconds behind her is Elisa Longo-Borghini in third. Now, it's important to note there that this what is... Was also, how, how, far was, how far was Elisa? So she was 20 second, 26 seconds off the off Anna's time. Um, and, and then eight who's seconds the next back. people? And so the next in fourth at the moment is, is Megan Guarnier from Bowles Dolmans at two minutes and Amanda Spratt from Orica at 2.22. So that minute 54 really did hold, um, you know, from the, the top, from the podium basically to, to riders below. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's shaping into and and bearing in mind this is stage two our first actual road stage and we've got some really interesting gaps opening up already yeah 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 and it's only going to get more fun people it really is now i have to say i don't want to you know preface too much or or um you know lead too much but i have to say the result on stage three really surprised me in like the nicest possible way it really surprised me in the nicest possible way too actually like it's just it's you know how like we even said it you know you get these unexpected victories and they're kind of breakout ones because you know that the rider has talent and has shown promise or whatever but you haven't seen them do something like this before and you can't always predict when they're going to and so to have that happen on stage three was kind of really cool so yeah and and this is a sprint this was a kind of a sprinty stage um it had splits and it had breaks and it was, you know, will it come back? We didn't, I mean, we have had shocking levels of information of this Giro. Mm. We've got the race organizers tweeting um, and we've got Owen Rogers who's tweeting on the UCI website using what he gets on race radio. I don't know if he's not getting that much on race radio or what's going on, but we are getting very, very little levels of information. Very minimal. And it's, it's frustrating because when it was um, Julia Dalmayo and Judina Del Sasso a couple of years ago doing the Giro social media, they were one of the best races in the world. Yeah, they absolutely were. They were, um, you know, great at giving um, continued updates and, and even little things. And it's one of those odd ones that I think sometimes uh, it's easy for people to not think of. But like actually tweeting to say we have no new information at this point is yes, actually yes, really race helpful. Yes, not giving some... Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, right. I, I do it when I write race tweaks. I think it's important for people to know the difference yeah. between we're getting information, and but we're just not yeah, telling like, you. Yeah, exactly. Or Because there's... Because it's there's nothing more frustrating than sitting in a complete vacuum, whereas having someone go, yeah, look, nothing's changed, is, is the, actually the, the, an update. <laughs> like, that is yeah, an actual yeah. update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really frustrated this year, and it's depressing. It's more depressing, I think, when it's a race that used to do something well mm. than it's than when it's a race that's never done something well. Yeah. Because you know, if you're taking like one of those French races or something, well, you know, you expect it. Or Flesh Wallon, you know, yeah. like you expect it, and and it just is what it is. But the thing that's really sad is even last year. Richie Steeg and Semper Steeg, the uh, mechanics from Bors Dolmans and um, yep. last year Rabobank, respectively, we're missing them a lot. Like, we're really, really missing Richie Steeg. Yep. And we should not be in a situation in the sport in 2017 where missing Richie Steeg, Richie Steeg not being at a race, 
is an issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and to be fair, um, and I know you don't mean this in a in a knock on on him or Bowles, and you know would never suggest that. But this is exactly your point: is you know in this day and age, we should in no way be expecting a team or a team staff member to be one of or the primary source of information for the public. Yes. Like, like yes, it's just yes, and... unconscionable that the UCI can can make all sorts of race requirements and can't make basic race information one of them. Yeah, but, you know, the UCI also have their race tweeter out there. So... <laughs> oh, you know how they say, you, you know what they say is the most sure way to make God laugh? Well, okay. So the official joke is tell him your plans, but you know, in this case, it's also tell him that the UCI have their official tweeter there. Ah, oh, okay. So yeah. I was I was waiting for the. I have no idea. Yeah, I yeah. I don't. I don't. Religious jokes on in my. I'm, a, I'm an atheist man. <laughs> I, I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up Christian like you, dear. So I don't know. Oh, well. <laughs> Religious jokes are beyond me. Um, he doesn't exist. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Doesn't mean so, he can't yeah, enjoy so, a good joke. Jeez. So we come into the we come into the finish and it's been splits and attacks, but they come in all together. It's gonna to be a bunch sprint. And as we said last week, winning a bunch sprint in the Giro Rosa for a sprinter is is the same as winning the G C. You know, it's it's like the Tour de France. I mean, yeah. poor Mark Cavendish. Uh but you know, Mark Cavendish, for example, builds his season around the Tour de France because even though he's not gonna necessarily win the um the the uh you know the the, jer- the jersey yeah it's yeah it's, well i mean it's tricky. That's, that's the thing when cavendish hit the scene as uh as a hot young sprinter you know he he gunned for stage wins for the first couple of years and then literally deliberately changed his focus one year to go after the green jersey just to prove he could do it you know like that's how important stage wins are in in and of themselves and it's the same thing here absolutely so for any sprinter but especially a young sprinter looking to make their mark in the sport uh, a stage win at the Giro is is a big deal. And look, we saw this last year with um, with you know Chloe Hosking and Tiff Cromwell both taking stage wins, and you know those are those are fantastic achievements um, in both of their careers. So you know it's it's no small feat. But when you've got a sprint field like we have this year too, um, winning a sprint stage against the likes of Kirsten Field, Lotta Lapisto, you're giving away the ending, Barbara Garishi. Et cetera, You're et giving away the ending. Etc. Etc. There's like 200 right there. Okay, I'm giving away the ending <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, so who won? So well, look. It, so it came to a bunch sprint, and uh, I was surprised, genuinely, but delighted, genuinely, to find that Hannah Barnes from Kenya Shram had crossed the line in first, ahead of Lotta Lapisso I... and Kirsten Veld in third. I was so. I, I like you say. I was surprised because. Not only is, I mean, Hannah Barnes is an amazing sprinter, and we she had a really fantastic um, uh, uh, Aviva Women's uh, Over Energy Women's Tour, but she's not yet been had that absolute clear dominating win. Yeah, uh, you know, in that that kind of marks her as one of the one of the you know one of the, one of the huge sprinters, and now she has, yeah. and. Canyon Shram have been having a really bad, you know, they've been having a shit year, to be honest. They've, you know, and, and Hannah Barnes has been one of the high points, their yep. high point, their high points of it. So it's nice. It's good. For, it's great for Canyon Shram. It's great for Hannah Barnes. It's great for British cycling, like cycling in Britain to have, you know, to, it's just great for us. Yeah, absolutely. So super happy for her. And um, one of the things I really liked most was in the picture of her winning, there's obviously they're, they're, they're gunning for the line. It's super hard. And then in the background, you've got so you've got Hannah with her arms across the air. And she won quite emphatically, so you've got time to put her hands up. Yep. And behind her is Barbara Gurishi with her hands in the air, um, yeah. you know, cheering, cheering for her teammates. In that in that classic lead out person's thing, where you've done your job, you've 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 been the first lead out rider, yeah, and now you've got your head up. Well, yeah. Exactly, it's, and, and see that you've got the result. Exactly, it was fun, and and you know, look, the reason I started checking the names of of other, um, you know, writers is, is because you know, not only did Hannah go to a, a sprint win um, in the Giro, it, it was like it wasn't a sprint that was like there was no crashes, there was no 
you know, unexpected disaster or whatever, she just out sprinted a very impressive field. You know, she, she did it. She so straight well. up won a, a bunch sprint, and it was a fucking good win. And so, I yeah. really want to pay full credit to that. You know, um, yeah, like like it was it was a great win for her. And and as you say, you know, she's she's been one of the high points of the year for Canyon Shram, and it was very cool to see her get a, a Giro Rosa stage, but also for the team to get a Giro Rosa stage. So well done, Hannah. Congrats. Yep. Um, so on the GC, what that does for us is, um, well, it doesn't change things too much, to be honest. I mean, our podium stays the same. Um, we don't actually really get any movement on... No, nothing happens. Yeah. And the next day is another sprint day, in inverted commas. <laughs> Completely pancake flat. Except I always remember that two, two, 2012 stage um completely pancake flat where tiffany cromwell went on a hundred kilometer breakaway <laughs> got a nine minute lead when a nine minute plead and one minute was the vir- well one point was the virtual malia rosa leader and one yeah. solo so the key thing you have to know about pancake flats guaranteed for sprinters bit of a rest day don't believe it <laughs> yeah yeah and most of the teams and riders um did did you know it went, went by that and then they then the people started reporting i mean we had so well, little information let me, let me put it to you this way sarah if if you knew nothing else about anything that was happening in the race and particularly if you didn't know the, the gc standings if i asked you to pick one team one team that was likely to miss the decisive break of the day <laughs> Just just out of curiosity and not related to anything in particular, which team would you pick? I'd probably pick Orica. <laughs> Weird. That's so strange. That? Which, which team would you pick, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd try to deny it for a little bit and then go, yeah, yeah, well, it is kind of an Orica thing to do, isn't it? So, I mean, wow. Like, yeah, you, you do all that work, you, you win a stage, you, you do some canny stuff and you... You get Anamik into a position where she's challenging on the GC, you know, and she's within within spitting distance. And then on stage four, you go and miss the break. Shit. And and this, what was most funny about it was before the break went. So the first half of the race, there's lots of attacks. People try and get away. No one can get away. Blah blah blah. Usual stuff. And then people start to say, Ah, it's getting a bit windy. <laughs> and what you expect when it gets a bit windy is for every Dutch team and every Dutch rider to start basically shoving it into the gutter, echeloning their hearts out, and having a lot of fun. It's a Pavlovian like... reaction. Like Dutch, Dutch, <laughs> Dutch children from the age of three months are taken to the seaside and placed in the wind so that they just get used to it. It hypes them up, and um... yeah. And at the end of it, they're given all the stroop waffles they can eat or something. And so they've got this connection between wind and reward and they just go nuts for it. So, Yeah. And, and you know, and especially because so many of the women's cycling races are in the Netherlands or Belgium or other flat places where it's completely flat. The course looks like it's going to be the most boring race in the world. Yeah. But no, it's a bit windy. So they just go completely insane. I mean, and that's what happened. Look, that's be, what happened. And, and to be honest, like they should have known, you know, for all the jokes about there's always, there's always stuff in the race guide that, you know, is, it changes and stuff. One of the things that should instantly make any rider of the Jura Rosa suspicious is if there's a flat stage in Italy. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get, you know, 100 consecutive kilometres of flat in Italy? <laughs> Like, that's fucking hard to do. So you've got to know that there's something up to it. Like, it's around the rim of a volcano, or it's along the coast where it's windy as fuck. Like, there's, there's got to be a reason. So, yeah. yeah. So, so basically, Oriska Scott missed the break. Mm. Well, no, Amanda Spratt didn't miss the break, but Annemiek van Vleuten missed the break. Yeah. And, and it seemed like the break was around 20 riders. Now... Tiffany, uh, Chloe Hosking talks about this because she says in her blog that she was one of the last people to um, one of the last people to hit the brake. So she says, um, she says, then there was a forty-kilometer lull, which should have been a sure, uh, should have been a sign shit was about to go down. You know the whole calm before the storm thing. She was spinning the, her legs at the back of the bunch, conserving for the sprint. I looked up and saw the peloton thinging thinning there was a train of black on the front i hadn't felt the wind before then but as the group thinned out i knew it was only a matter of time before someone in front of me dropped the wheel and i would be in trouble 
I waited as long as I could, and then I had to jump to try and make it to the main group in time. I think I was the last person to make the split. My power was as, as high at this point as it would be at the finish. Wow. Every teammate I rode up to would jump in front of me to help me move into the front. It was a fairly nervous times, but at the same time, it was super exciting. How awesome is it? How quickly a boring race can change. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, um, it's interesting that Chloe talks about, you know, feeling the wind and looking up and seeing the um, the mass of black riders at the front. Um, in Australia, we actually have a colloquial term for when that happens. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> so the black riders at WM3 and Wiggle High Five. And basically, everyone sort of claims claims the bonus for for hitting it. I think it was Bowles that, that, that kind of started the... Well, I think it's also one of those things where... Um, you have Bowles Dolmans hit the front, and then so your other so your Wiggle High Fives and your WM threes and your other people with GT ambitions will hit the front because yeah. it's windy and it's Dutch. I have no idea how Oracle could miss that break. Um, oh, Annemiek van Vleuten, brutal, in, and, and it, it, it was the, sorry, yes, sorry. Um, Annemiek van Vleuten in her post race uh, interview, basically in for the Oracle Scott team videos says i basically lost concentration i lost focus and i missed it and it was my fault Which... and i think that's fascinating because one of the things mariana voss who's won the giro a couple of times three times i think maybe twice says is you can you can't necessarily the win the giro every day but you can totally lose it every day yeah yeah and look you it... have to be on it and, and this this was a huge huge misstep for animic like just like there are mistakes and there are mistakes like she finished the stage a minute 59 back like that's that's a huge huge drop huge ridiculous so drama um and then and then we had this super dramatic sprint i mean that wasn't even the biggest drama yeah. of the day but this massively um sprint i'm going to read chloe hosking again because she's in she's interesting she's she's talked about um she talked about how she lost her train coming into the sprint it was super clustered on the left where we were i lost my teammates but i managed to find the canyon shram train with 800 meters to go barbara gurishi took it hot in the second to last roundabout but managed to keep it upright i don't know how we didn't all go down she was going that fast hannah barnes jumped off barbara's wheel too early after that so there's some fishtailing coming into that last corner um, she said she kind of came out, you know, she got, she was in position, in second position at 250 meters to go. Mm. And she knew there was a hate win, so she waited. They launched the sprint. Bronzini was moving past her on the left with Yodine Dora on her wheel. It was Yodine on the left of me and Gio on the right, a Geo sandwich. <laughs> so Chloe lunged for the win, throwing her bike, but so did Dora. And Chloe put up her hands, thinking she'd won. Yep. And look, and to be fair, it was an insanely close uh, finish. I mean, Chloe oh, they were amazing to celebrate. Yolene congratulated her because she thought, you know, maybe Chloe had won. Um, and and when you actually see the photo, there are literal millimeters in it, like and, millimeters. And basically, uh, Christina Vogel, the track sprinter, saw the picture. And tweeted at Yoli. As uh, tweeted at Yoli, tracks girls. <laughs> you can see the difference in their Yoli Dora is a hundred percent track bombing. Like everything about her is just track skills at that moment. Just yeah, just yeah. I mean, superb. I, I, God, I love Georgia Bronzini's lead out as well. I mean, just Georgia Bronzini is your lead out rider. Yeah, I, how amazing I, I'm is gutted. that? I would rather it was the other way around because Georgia, it's her final year of racing again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also it's also her tenth Giro, and she's going for her tenth Giro stage win. So it would be like well, super. I hope poetic. she gets the chance to go for her tenth Giro stage yeah. win because I am a Georgia Bronzini fangirl in the worst way. Mm, mm. And she did get shut out the day before. She came in eighth on that stage. Um, you know, she was sprinting to one side and just just got squeezed and and couldn't make it through so you know but i mean credit to her and it shows again how competitive it was um so yolene um ended up taking the stage chloe in second corinne rivera third hannah barnes in fourth so proving it wasn't just a one-off uh the day before and georgia in at fifth so yeah good Uh, good Um, so 
after huge, that huge impact on GC in in the sense of in particular what it did to Orica and and Anamique. Um, and especially and um, yeah and yeah Orica and Anamique fucked. Yep. Um, and, and so we also then see Elisa advance and Megan Guarnier for bowls come up onto the third step of the podium. So we've now and got Megan Anna. Gu- and Megan Guarnier had picked up some intermediate sprint bonifications because in the Giro you get mm. three, two, and one extra bonus seconds towards the GC at the intermediate sprints, and you also get um, ten, six, and four sprints for the f- seconds for the first three riders across the line. I say it a lot, but Mariana Voss won her first Giro yeah. off the back of her seconds. Like literally, when you count it up. Her gap over her next rival was the, was 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 pretty much the bonification seconds that she won mm, in the mm. by going after the intermediate and the finish line bonnies. So uh, there's no you have to do it. You have to you have to go for the bonnies if you want to win the Giro. Like you can't you can't mess around. So yeah, yeah so we so, have yeah. we have Anna in first on GC. Elise has moved up to second twenty second twenty six seconds back. Megan Guarnier is now in third for bowls at one fifty six. Anamik Van Vleuten has slid down to fourth at 2.17. Um, Spratty for Orica is in at fifth at 2.22. And Cashinua Doma is in at sixth at 2.37. We've also got Caroline Canuel, Lucinda Brand, uh, Flirty Mackay, and Sabrina Stoltian. So a bit of a sunweb run uh, for those places, eight to ten. So Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Now, then we come to the ITT. Stage five, the nominal halfway point in the ITT, and this is interesting for a bunch of reasons, not least of which is that it's not a particularly long ITT. Um, usually we're seeing somewhere 7 in the... 7K. Yeah, usually we'd see somewhere around 35K or so. Um, 25, yeah, tw- around 20K, I would say, is a standard Giro ITT. So yeah, 12.7 is definitely short, but in in... Even even by Giro standards, I think this one was a bit shocking. I yeah, and we've I've laughed about it a lot this week. Do not get me wrong; I think it's hilarious. However, I also think it's completely unprofessional. <laughs> now, <laughs> when we first saw the map, it looks like this benign little swoopy course. Oh look, there's a little kind of hillette lump in the middle, and then there's another little lump towards you know at the end, and it finishes going up this lump. But the first time I looked at the map, I looked at it, and I looked at the map, and the map has hairpins. Mm. And flat roads that generally do not have hairpins. And lumpy roads do not have hairpins. Yep. And what is the weird, the weirdest thing about it? Then people start, and I didn't know the climbs. I'm not an expert in, in men's professional cycling. But it turns out that the men have been up this climb yeah, in the Adriatico, yeah. where quite a lot of them walked. Like a huge number of them. There's some interesting photos of where I would say, you know, arguably at least the back third of the peloton are off, the, off their bikes and running up this climb. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's bonkers. It's like 30%. It's just yeah. stupid. And, and we knew that it was going to be stupid. And the Giro profiles do this a lot. Like, we, we joke about it. It's a standard joke that they'll have an extra 20 kilometers that people didn't realize were in the map. You know, they'll think the course finishes here, but actually it'll finish 20 kilometers later. And yep. surprise hill. Was, I think there was one where, um, you know, where, where, where riders were coming around expecting to have their sprint, sprint trains turned the corner and saw this fucking great big hill in front of them mm-hmm. and, and it's i mean it's, it's... it's standard and <laughs> i it isn't very pro like like it is funny for fans it's not very pro so it's it's absolutely vital one of the jobs of a ds isn't just to go through is to kind of take the map and to run it through you know a, a, a climbing a, a, a strava or a climbing thing to see what to see what it looks like in real life because that was just brutal yeah. um so we most of the riders weren't on tt bikes because it's not just the it's not just the tough i always say this it's you don't just think about the climb although that's the sexy thing it's also about the descent as well yeah mm, and mm. if you're riding a tt bike it's um it's it's really difficult it's really 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 difficult well so, and I- a climb like that also really doesn't lend itself to what you do on a TT bike. You know, a TT bike dedicated is all about getting into that low leaned over position and not moving much at all. 
Now, when you hit a 30% climb, I don't really give a fuck how good your gearing is. You're getting out of the saddle. Um, yeah. And you're swinging that bike all over the place. And at that point, when when that makes up a good 10% of the total of your ITT distance or whatever, like, you, you know, you, you're just not gonna um yeah like like i totally understand the moving away from a dedicated tt bike for for that yeah and it was ridiculous i mean it was i mean it's a shame that at the same time as this tt the sagan incident happened in the tour de france because this was just you know sometimes everyone uses the same word insight yep and it's the same when everyone's using it continually and you can't stop yourself using it because it's just the word is so perfect and today's word was yesterday's word was brutal and it like, was brutal i think at this stage the only explanation for the ridiculous profile was that the organizers were trolling the riders i honestly and, and look and i can understand that we talk about this from time to time about how um race organization and and course planning is really challenging um in a stage race because there's a lot of different things that you have to take into consideration and you know not least among those quite justifiably is the desire to make a competitive and interesting race and you know a climate this can definitely do that but it's it's got to be in the right context and there's a really fine line between creating an obstacle that that gives opportunities to riders to succeed or 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 lose tragically or whatever and making something farcical and i don't think this necessarily slipped into full fast but it did flirt with it you know i mean yeah and people were making jokes but it's a hill climb it's not a it's not an itt i think that we don't have as many mountains in this year's giro as before i'm still a little bit weirded that when you have a chance to use this hill you don't say, huh, okay, we could have a loop. We could we could have a loop, a loop course and do it yeah. four times, yeah? Or whatever. Or we could have this as the as the queen stage, you know, and, and show off about how when the men went over it they had to walk up. I'm I don't get it as a TT. It was just like you know when you start finding the other word that I keep using is insane. Like yep. just ludicrous. Yep. Ludicrous, ridiculous, insane and brutal. It was well, and, a... and when the writers themselves are, are tweeting jokes, I mean, you know, there's there's some really amazing ones. Like, you know, you've got writers saying things like, that's the hardest rest day of my life. Um, Nettie Edmondson was one of my favourites who tweeted a photo, you know, great photo of me during the Giro Rosa TT, and it's the picture of someone literally oh. climbing a mountain with a bike over their shoulder. <laughs> yeah, no, um, my friend Adrian tweeted yeah. that first. And so yeah, she, right. she did yeah, thank she him. Thanked, she, he said he said yeah. his he said his phone blew up a little bit after that. He thanked him. So yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, yeah, exactly. There were lots of jokes. Yeah, there are yeah. a lot of jokes. Um, and you know, and the thing is, is is one of the things about TTTs because you, you you can't really look at people's TTT form to judge how they're going to do in a stage no, race there's, TTT. There's a whole bunch of riders who are riding for different reasons. You know, like. Um, you can be on domestic duties overall. And so, you know, you're really just trying to not, you know, you're trying to beat the cutoff and save some energy and have a, a bit of a rest day. Um, maybe you're, you're a sprinter. You're going for stage wins. Maybe you're actually trying to, you know, lose some time on the GC so that you can try and get clear in a breakaway. You know, there's all sorts of reasons that you might write this differently to your ability. It's not like the world's ITT, for example, where everyone who's competing is there to do yeah, their absolute yeah, yeah. best. Or, or, or even a race like, um, for example, the, 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 the ITT in Tullingen Rundfahrt, for example, tends to have riders go out there. You know, if you're a kind of rider who has her eye on worlds, you're going to hit, you know, you, you're going to hit the Tullingen ITT pretty hard because it's a, mm. it's a, it's always a long, tough, it's always a long and tough one. Yeah. So there are some IT, yeah, there are some ITTs. This isn't, I mean, I was a bit surprised, for example, by Kat Garford's time. And then I realized, oh yeah, she's probably just, you know, she's probably just yeah. conserving for Anamique. So, but still, I was surprised when coming into the last 20 to 30 riders, Arlena Sierra Canyadia was the fastest, was the fastest finisher. And then she was overtaken by Hannah Barnes. And it's yep. like, what the fuck are these sprinters doing <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a hill climb ITT? I'm in bizarro land. Yep. But yes, then, you are. But then we, hit, um, then we hit up the big name riders and they start pulling in some amazing times. 
I'm gutted for Cassia Nuadoma who crashed on the descent. I guess she was just pushing it a bit too hard. Luckily, yeah. she's okay. She's uninj- uninjured. But I'm gutted for her because at that point, I thought that Cassia could still probably rescue her. Her, her, her GC. GC. Yeah. I'm not saying that Cassia is out of the GC because I'm completely believed that Cassia Nuadoma can get into a breakaway by herself and destroy people um, and get it. But she's been having a bad luck. You know, she hasn't been having the best Giro. She missed the break. She well, couldn't get with the move. I hope that Cassia is okay. Yeah, and um, as we said, as we said on last week's preview, you know, from a team point of view, it was always going to be a challenging Giro for Cassia on GC anyway because she doesn't have the same level of support as some of the other riders, and particularly without Mariana riding uh with her um so you know it it is it's definitely been a tough first half of the race but like you say she's the kind of rider who could turn that around with one good day and yeah. you know she's up she's up for it yeah then we get amanda spratt spratty putting down an absolutely blistering time and moving into the hot seat and this is great because spratty is normally a rider who at this stage in the Giro is just on just get round within the time cut sprats save the energy for tomorrow because holy shit we're going after the gc that's yep. normally for amanda sprat space yeah 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 so spratty finished what was spratty's time um oh shit i don't actually have her literal finish time in front of me okay uh, i will sorry. get that for you um i'll need to figure that out hang on uh 27 and 17 seconds or 27 seconds my so, math is not great so 27 they, something so they hit that so we're there we're coming into the zero we're in, into into the finish into the finishing riders the big gc riders and we start getting some ridiculous times but because yeah. she's so far back in the um in the in the in the in the in the, G, in the gc we get Annemiek van vleuten's time which is a frankly unbelievable time of under 20 of 20 of, of 25 minutes and it's just yep. like what the fuck happened there that was insane 25 minutes 29 seconds that's one minute 48 ahead of Spratt, who was in the hot seat at that point amazing and this is not only on a bike with a disc wheel on an itt bike with a disc wheel but also having slipped her chain halfway like- around like genuinely you know so we've talked about how you can have the surprise climbs and stuff in the giro you also there's usually at least one sometimes more than one but they are pretty rare so sometimes there is only one genuine giro miracle and it was it was this i think it was it was it was literally miraculous i mean i i know that anna van vleuten is a very very good strong time trialist and a very very good strong climber and she did win the national the dutch national championships against anna van der blegger and ellen van dyke which oh my god that could be a world's podium right yeah yeah but still that was just just it was amazing have like you've seen the orica um team video of of that um of the itt yeah because they've got video from the team car so um Anamik slips her chain and um in classic aussie tradition um everyone just starts losing their shit and swearing like crazy um and she doesn't stop basically like she's oh, it chain slips so she's obviously slowed right down team mechanic jumps out of the car runs up next to her while she's still rolling along while her fucking bike's moving and she's still pedaling he reaches in fucking seats the chain and gives her a a bit of a push to get her going again all without her unclipping and hopping off it turns out he also lost the tip of his finger but you know like these these (laughs) are the stories that Gloria made from you might I mean that was so Australian Dan was trying to tell me earlier that swearing when your rider wins is an Australian thing no a YouTube commenter said that. that that wasn't me that was a YouTube commenter so I, whereas I, I, but yes, that was, that was an Aussie moment. So yeah, so Annemiek van Vleuten, just m- unbelievable, unfathomable time. Or as, as the team calls her in, in, again, that Aussie sort of way, Vleuty. Oh, I hate it. Vleuty. Vleuty. It's great And it's that Australian thing too of like, T's aren't T's, they're D's. So Vleuty. <laughs> How annoying. So, and, so <laughs> Annemiek van Vleuten wins. Anna van der Bregger is 41 seconds behind. Elisa Longo Borgoni, 115. Amanda Spratt, 148. Guarnier, 153. Elena Sierra Canyadia, 201. I don't get that. 
Cassiano Adoma, despite crashing, 203. Lichtenberg of Wiggle High Five, 210. Hannah Barnes, 213. Hannah Barnes is having an amazing year. Wow. Caroline Campbell, 217. So the GC. Yeah, so GC... At the halfway um, point. At the halfway point. So the positions haven't changed, but the timings have changed a little. So Anna van der Breger now in first. Elisa Longo-Borghini still in second, but now at one minute back. And Annemiek van Vleuten back in third at 136 back. So she's made back about 40 seconds from her, her losses um, previously. Megan Guarnier is now in fourth at 308, and Spratty is still in fifth at 329. Uh, Cashew Doma is sitting at 359. So, you know, a, a good break and, and some good opportunities, and she could be back in contention for the podium, but hard to say. Um, and then we have Caroline Cannuel, Claudia Lichtenberg, Shara Gillow, and Elena Sierra, uh, rounding out the top 10. Elena Sierra, can you do? And I don't get it. I, I don't get that. I mean, that, that, I don't, there's so much that, that yesterday's time trial was just fucked up. It was weird and yeah. it was odd and it was brutal and it was almost too much, I'd say. I mean, it is too much that the profiles are, are, are just, you know, I could, like, you could, you could, your nieces could draw better profiles of that than. than <laughs> Uh, people were uh, joke. People were joking about it because you know, like like um, um, Ashwin Kruders said, "Oh, I think maybe they've." I mean, he sent me a joke profile where he scrunched it up, where he scrunched up, you know, scrunched it up so that it was over only like about an inch and a half or something, and then it, <laughs> then it made sense. But oh my god, yeah, I, I, you wouldn't get that bullshit in the Tour de France. You wouldn't get. You know, of course, teams oh, shouldn't. Uh, not only, not only would you not get it, you would never hear the end of the whinging if you did. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, the men just don't shut up. Fuck. Uh, I mean, it's bad enough if they can't all park their t- giant fucking team buses somewhere. Like, <laughs> oh my god, you'd never ever hear the end of it if they had so, to deal with something like that. We are coming to the last ten k of stage, um, stage six. Six. And Which, uh, normally there'd be a lots stage of for the sprinters. Pardon? Yep. It's, normally it's, a stage for the sprinters. It's been four loops of four. It's been quite crashy, so I hope everyone's okay. But there, um, there's a, there's a climb to there's a climb to go in there. One final climb. So we will also um, tell you what happens. Although it's ten k to go, that doesn't mean and their group are compact. Though they doesn't mean it's all going to be a sprint. Now, what have we got to come? So stage... beyond stage six, stage seven is the first of the the official. I'm air quoting mountain stages, and it does have a categorised climb in it. I believe it's a Cat Two climb cat two. Um, at four point four percent over six and a half kilometres. But it's an up and down stage all day, and it is one of the the two mountain stages are also the two longer stages. So this one clocks in at one hundred and forty two kilometres, and it starts literally with a climb because the Giro likes to troll the riders. I mean, you know. Mm. Like well, and also the riders. the riders, the riders also love to attack right from the start, so that um, that comes into it a little bit, a little bit as well. But the other interesting thing about stage seven and stage eight is not just that because the climbs are a little um, less taxing than they have been in other years, uh, is also the fact that descents are going to factor in quite a bit. Uh, yeah, they don't look the... like. I mean, the thing is, they don't look like you sit there going, they don't look like much, but no, they do. They're, they're, the biggest climb is at. 98 kilometers after out, out of 141 and that looks like it's and but it looks like there's a steep distance they, they go up a bit and they seem to ride along a plateau have some more lumps then a big descent down then they kind of go up to this climb to this climb at um 98 kilometers come down it have some more up and down jaggedy bits another descent and then uphill towards the finish now don't trust the profile so this is from mm-hmm. Isernia to Balanisi. Stage eight starts with a descent, and it runs along a plate, and it basically runs around the edge of a lake. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say, yeah, actually that is that is uh, this is from Balanisi Sutentola. They'll be so happy about this because there's no, um, you know, they they don't have to they they just have one, uh, they don't have to have a transfer. It's great. Yes. So yeah, they have yeah. they run along the lake, then they have a little climb. Then they come down that, and then they have a really big climb, and then it looks like, and this is another 141k. This yep. time the climb's at about 113, I think, kilometres. Um, cat 2 again. Uh, cat 2, and then they descend down to the finish. 
Yeah. And now, the key part of this is that the, there are two climbs. The second one is the longest, and it's got three sections to it. So the the first two sections are the steepest at about 4.4% 4, 4 again, but they're 4.3 kilometers and 9 kilometers long each, and then a third 6-kilometer section at 3.5%, and then... Um, the the descents, um, you know, between those stretches are going to to really also give opportunity to have an impact, and I think these are the two stages where I'm really really curious to to find out the answer to the question. And Sarah, I'd welcome your your input. Who do you think stronger, Anna or Anamik? Um, I think Anna because she has a stronger team by a long way. Uh, I want uh -huh. Elisa to win, though. That's terrible, isn't it? I want Elisa to win. Elisa no, no, I think. The, um, I, I think it, it. I don't know. Do I, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't really want a Bowles win. They've had it so easy all the <laughs> way through, and it's and it's shocking. And I'm sorry. And I really, really want Cassia Nuadoma to have a, you know, to have a come to have her comeback stage. And and yep. and and you know, it's it's yeah, it's. I don't know what I want. Um, I don't know. I think anything can happen. This is the thing: is we've had sure. the, we've had the day of um, of, uh, of 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 Cassie and Yudoma having a having a terrible day. We've had the day where Anna, where Annemiek van Vleuten had a terrible day. Are we going to have a day where the other GC riders riders dis destroy it? Can Orica manage to pluck disaster out of the jaws of success yet again? You know. Like, <laughs> Oh God! If they miss another break, oh my God! We're, yeah. If you didn't watch, if you didn't see the Amakamin Bira a couple of weeks ago, it was the Amakamin Bira climbing race in the Basque Mountains, where on the final stage they went into it with Van Vleuten, Catherine Garfurt, and Amanda Spratt in as the top three on GC. And despite the fact that number four was Ashley Mumipasio, who was definitely going to attack at some stage, they managed. <laughs> to miss the move and Ashley won it's like mm. oh god Orica and they this is you know this is just the things that Orica do they just yeah 5k to go by the way in this stage so the final stage Dan what's the final stage of the Giro well, like? we've got two two more stages after that so there's the stage nine which is the the flat sprinty stage uh <laughs> maybe slash hopefully unless it's um, the exact opposite stage... Yeah, exactly. And stage 10, which is the um, nine laps of an 11-kilometer loop around the base of Mount Vesuvius and then a climb up the volcano and a descent down the slope. So it's one of those races where, like, it really may not be over until the end of stage 10. Yeah. Um, you know, the GC could be hotly contested the whole way. I hope it's not over till the end of stage 10, you know? Like, I think I think mm. we've had we've had bonkersness. We've had photo finishes. We've had missing echelons that make you miss the break on a not particularly windy day we've had <laughs> we've had it's been all we've had the most, had the most ridiculous itt i've ever seen i can't think of one more stupid than that itt we've had all kinds of action and it's just going to be i i just think that we're going to have to come you know we just i i'm not predicting anything oh the only thing i'm predicting is is unpredictability Cool. Well, I'm, I'm only thing I'm predicting in addition to that is excellent racing. So, look, thanks for sticking with us. We oh. have managed to keep it under an hour. So yeah, yeah, we should go over an hour because we're gonna go. Um, I just want to have a quick word. Um, let's talk about this next week or when we finish. The calendar for the World Tours out next year. Oh, right. It includes oh, some new races, awesome. including a new race in China. I don't get it. They're just extending the. They're managing to extend the calendar of the world tour, so it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it doesn't make. And I'm just, I'm a bit confused by it all. So, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. interesting. Um, but 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 to announce the calendar of the world tour now, and especially to give right because the the China race isn't until October, especially to give teams the chance to kind of get the cash together and make their budgeting. Hurrah! One cheer to the yep. UCI. Well, that was it. That was their cheer. So I have nothing to say in response to that. Yep. So cool. Yep, yep. Five um, k <laughs> to go. We're still waiting for the results. No one knows anything. Four k. Bowls lead the top. Bowls lead the top. Lead the lead the peloton. What's going to happen? Shall we leave them in suspense till next week, or should we tell them? Oh, go to our site, prowomenscycling.com. Now I know that this race is really hard to follow, and I'm sorry about that. It's. I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sorry for myself as much as anything else. But every day I am collecting um, posts full of videos um, on 
prowomenscycling.com videos photos all sorts of things like that um so sarah's very nicely and kindly collating all of the available um information from various sources and we want to do say a big thank you to um you know everyone who is providing um the best content that they're able we've got teams like Arica and wiggle high five both producing uh behind the scenes videos we've got um the uci highlights oh actually yes speaking of tell us about your interview that you did oh i interviewed rose manley who's the fantastic woman who's making the uci highlights um and she does really 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 excellent work i really wanted to know how they're made um and she told me she was pretty tactful about some stuff i've heard around from other people because for example they use they use video given to them by the race this may not always come in a timely or usable fashion (laughs) she likened it to getting given a cassette a tape cassette and having to try and find a walkman to play it on right right yes i i can understand that um that particular and somewhat excruciating form of pain so yeah yeah. so rose manley um i really enjoyed that interview right yeah great glimpse of of behind the scenes um and yeah, so anyway, um, do catch up on that interview. And as we were saying, um, come back to the site, prowomencycling.com. <laughs> um, and I just had a go. I don't think I did it as well as you do. But yeah, uh, daily, Sarah will will have the roundup of, of everything that we know about the race. Uh, we have 4.001 stages left to go. <laughs> Four um, We've got less than 4K. They basically have just gone over the top of the last climb, the descent of two and a half kilometers, then the, the, the descent, then two and a half kilometers of flat, including some tight turns, and the last 400 kilometers are straight. So you can leave us now if you don't want to know who won, or you can see what it's like following the women's race live in real time. As I say, fuck. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna like permanently damage my finger by pressing refresh so much. Okay, Dan. Three to go. Elisa Longo Borghini's on the on the on the front. Oh God! I hope they're riding for Georgia Bronzini. How big's How big's the group? Grupo Compatto. Right. Okay. Whatever Um, that means. I mean, that does mean that lots of people riders did get dropped early on in the race. Exactly, and that's always the hardest thing. I mean, I don't doubt for a second that all of the big contenders are there, but Grupo Compato can be anything from 20 to 60 riders, so um, curious. How curious cool is it that Elisa Longo Borghini, who should be... I mean, this is the way with women's cycling. It was the same with you, Aunt, as my absolute classic of this, who are... They're riding... They're racing for the GC, but they're also putting out that work on the front of the lead-out train. 2K yeah, like, to go, example, wiggle high-five on the front... You, Oh, God, I hope could, Georgia wins. Could, could you ever imagine Andy Schleck on the front when he's in second at the Tour? <laughs> like, it just would never, ever happen. And if it did, he'd fall into a canal. I was going to say, so... Andy Schleck is on the front. Like, there would just be someone in, in a tight running into a sprint. I mean, God, the only place Andy Schleck should be in a sprint. I mean, he's God, this is how old we are. We're dated. Andy Schleck hasn't been in the peloton for years, Dan. Oh yeah, but it still makes me laugh. He was just such a such a cute little hapless boy. Oh, he was so funny. <laughs> His one skill was climbing, and I mean, he did that very well. But you know, you did actually start thinking at some page, perhaps you there's a thing called training. Um... <laughs> he seemed to have he seemed to have two things that that he was supposed to do on the bike, which was climb and follow Fabian. That was that was it. That was that was all he had room for. So last kilometer, oh. Dan. Last kilometre. Last kilometre right. stage So we're still on the front? We were still on the front. No one knows if they're leading out for Georgia Bronzino or Yolene Dora. Oh, I am doing every day a rider results pick for um, Look Mum No Hands, who do this for do this for the big races. We did this in the Ovo Energy Women's Tour as well, where if you guess where the rider I pick finishes right, you could win a prize from their shop. <laughs> <laughs> so my rider oh. today is Georgia Bronzini. Oh my god, oh, last kilometre. This if, so last kilometer the Whoever's picked Georgia for, for the win is gonna be very, very happy. If she wins. She might not win. If she wins. She might not win. Anyone could win. Now this is the Giro. I mean, God at this stage, I don't know who's the who's who's the least <laughs> likely to win climber. It's like at this stage it could be anyone. Um I yeah, I I have no idea. I'm just so anxious at this point. I just refresh, refresh refresh no no it hasn't even loaded you can't refresh yet oh no i think i've broken my computer <laughs> um oh, <not laughs> or, or, one 
this stage. Oh wow! See, this is where this is where also the tyranny of time zones comes into play. Because like, I still don't have that update. Yeah. Damn it! Is is? I mean, I mean, hooray, hooray for Lotta. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just, it's just that's not the that's not the dream yeah. uh, result. There's hmm. still one more okay, stage so... to go, though. Maybe. True, Unless true. it's the um, exact opposite. So... Thank you so much for listeners, <laughs> this joining us, um, dear listener. Um, we appreciate you so much and love you and thank you. And thank you to my Patreon supporters who fund me to do this kind of thing. And, yeah, I, I, I love you all. Come back next week. We'll talk about stages 7, 8, 9, and 10, and I'm sure we can bring it in under an hour. Maybe. I mean, we've got to talk about the calendar and stuff. Look, look. let's not hold ourselves to unreasonable standards. It'll be an hour-ish-ish. Ish-ish-ish. Yeah. Cool. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye.